0: Hey, what's up, you guys? It is, what is it, August 31st? Good grief. Summer is almost over. It's almost September. The rent's due, baby. Come on. Ah, Adam McRoberts here. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, episode number 95. How is everyone? Let me know. Hit me up. Tell me what's going on, how your summer's going, how the training's going. Is everything going as planned? Did you check that thing off the bucket list yet, or does it still seem impossible? I'm here, week after week, bringing you the most inspirational guests I can find. I live in Colorado. I'm lucky, I'm blessed, and believe me, the inspiration is everywhere. A couple weeks ago, we were out at the Leadville 100, and I was hanging out at Twin Lakes Aid Station when I saw my guest this week, Adrian McDonald coming through in first place, just making it look as easy as a Sunday stroll. I knew I had to talk to this guy, and I found out he lives in Fort Collins, which is right down the road from me, and that made me want to talk to him even more. Um, This was Adrian's first Leadville 100 and first 100 miler, and he won convincingly. In fact, only four people have ever run that course faster than him. How is that possible? Well, we get into it all coming up in just a minute. Follow us for exclusive content by following patreon.com slash do big things. By following us on Patreon, you will get to see the B-sides. You'll have a chance to know who's coming up on the show so you can ask them questions yourself. Uh, You want to be a part of the tribe? This is it. Uh, This is the best way to support the podcast, and I'm doing my best to keep it updated. Follow us for exclusive content. We want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel, from hats to socks and everything in between. Their shorts are amazing. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the U.S., their stuff is great at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. If you're into anything outdoors, you've got to check them out. Their shorts, socks, shirts, and hats have been through the most challenging and rigorous races in the world. They stand behind their product with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you wear it and you're not convinced, send it back for a full refund. So you got nothing to lose. Check them out, you guys, exoskin.us, use our discount code, BTC, all caps, for 15% off. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around, and he's helping them find even more success. Will is a certified nutritionist, and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to diet and nutrition. You want to take your fitness to the next level? Contact On Pace Wellness. Maybe you're not an elite athlete and you just want to be healthier, feel better. Maybe you just need a little guidance, a little push. Contact On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast. He's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up for success, baby. Last but not least, this podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest N.A. craft beer on the market have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects you can have one in the middle of the day not have to worry about driving you can have a couple at night and you don't have to worry about being groggy in the morning there's no hangover with this stuff because there is no alcohol check them out athleticbrewing.com use my discount code mcrobertsa20 all caps for 20% off the best NA beer around buy two six packs or more you don't have to worry about shipping costs either enjoy the taste without the hangover ladies and gentlemen give it up for this year's ledville 100 winner adrian mcdonald yeah baby All right. Adrian McDonald, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for uh, for joining me on the Do Big Things podcast. Uh, you just won the Leadville 100. And from what I understand, it was your first 100-mile run. So uh, that's just kind of mind-blowing, man. Like <laughs> I want to hear all about it. But give us an intro. Uh, Tell us who you are. Yeah. So
1: it, um, first, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it was my first hundred mile run. Um prior to this past year, I was sort of a road marathoner and before that a uh, middle distance runner.
0: Okay.
1: Um but once COVID shut down all the road marathons, I felt it was time to jump into ultra marathoning and mm-hmm. um it's gone great so far.
0: <laughs> it sounds like it. Well a lot of the ultras were canceled too. So um w- were you able to find a couple races that that just weren't canceled or or how did that work? Um
1: So yeah, at first I had signed up for one up in Wyoming that got canceled and then I sort of got this idea to run Leadville and um I got my qualifier at the Austin Rattler oh, okay. and That one being in Texas, where things weren't as strict, um, it went forward, and that was back in November. Gotcha. Um, So yeah, and then leading up to that race, um, Gnar Runners, who puts on a lot of races up here in northern Colorado, um, they were doing races all summer. So I Mm -hmm. did their Black Squirrel Half Marathon, and then there was a smaller um, race up in... Wyoming than I did last fall, um, sort of in the middle of everything.
0: Okay. So why ultras? Um, It sounds like you had some success at the marathon distance and and middle distance. I'm guessing you grew up with some sort of running in your life, but how did it all start? And uh, how did you find this crazy world of ultra marathons?
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I started running as a sophomore in high school um I was cut from basketball or no I wasn't cut but I played freshman year and made one basket um <laughs> I was cut from baseball and as a freshman and so then my sophomore year I played soccer and then my other brother was running track to stay in shape for soccer so I just sort of followed him to indoor track and um, then in college I ran cross country and mid distance, like I, like I said, uh, 800 and mile. Um, yeah. And then after college, I tried to break, I ran 412 for the mile in college and I tried to break 410, but I had this groin injury that wasn't going away. And so I switched to the marathon and that went pretty well. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just sort of wanted to try something new and like get excited about something. And I had, I guess one thing that has sort of happened to me is like, I would do a long run for a marathon and I wouldn't really get that sore. Like people would be like, oh, you must be really sore after that run. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't feel that bad. Um, so that was one of the things that made me think
0: that I might be good at an ultra. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally an asset right there. Um, what would you attribute to that? To you uh either not getting sore or healing up quickly? I mean, do you have like a, a really good strong diet or what do you, what are you up to? Um,
1: I don't know. It might just be genetics or I might have a um just good running economy. Okay,
0: nice. Well, lucky yeah, for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you say you were doing marathons for a while, like, what does that look like? Is that a number of years? Were you, how many marathons are we talking about? Um, so I ran my first one in 2014. Um,
1: and I was doing about one a year. 2019, I did two.
0: So I think I did seven total. Okay. Um, and what did the training look like for, uh, a marathon when you're running this elite as fast as you are, um, were you running big, big mileage weeks? And, and I'm curious, like who your influences were in those days too. Were you, um, like getting it, like reading any literature about running, uh, reading some from the masters of the past or, um, how was it for you? So when I first started um,
1: marathon training, I was coaching myself. Okay. Um, And I was sort of in, like, I went into it in sort of a rough spot of my running where I had been injured for three years. And um, I was running for the, I was living in Boston, running for the Greater Boston Track Club. And, And... it sort of just got to the point where I had been running so poorly that everyone in the club just sort of expected me not to be that fast. Mm. So I sort of felt like I needed to go off on my own and I um, coached myself for a bit and just did all my training by myself. And um, at the time I had a physical therapist and the only kind of speed work I was allowed to do was tempo runs. Mm -hmm um which can get pretty boring so I um what I did was a lot of progressive tempo runs where I would start out um and this was in the winter in Boston so I was on like the Harvard indoor track which is 200 meters and running 10 mile tempo runs there but I'd start out running six minute pace and try and drop five seconds mm-hmm. each mile wow things like that
0: okay okay
1: um and yeah i did read i've read um jack daniels and i've read Lydiard. so i've i took some of that into um my training when i was coaching myself
0: mm, for sure but well, then they, uh, <clears throat> do you consider them like influences were you were you heavy into it? Were you, were you researching the topic? Like in all your spare time, were you sort of obsessed with this thing or did you have a healthy relationship with it? <laughs> um,
1: maybe not healthy.
0: I wouldn't say I was like obsessed with any particular coach or sure. training method. Um, but were you obsessed with running and, and the distance you were looking at? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, were you putting in big mileage week after week? Yeah. And my, um,
1: so in those, in those days I was probably, I was running everything on singles. So I'd run 90 to a hundred miles a week, um, on seven, seven runs. Oh, wow. It
0: was kind of a lot. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and what brought you to, uh, Fort Collins? How long have you been there? So I've been in Fort Collins about five years now.
1: Okay. Um, I, it was a ex-girlfriend that I met in Boston and her family was here and, um, that didn't end up working out, but I, I really love Fort Collins. So I stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah colorado's awesome and if you're training running this is this is the mecca yeah so that was the other the other thing with like i had i was like really excited
1: to move to colorado because um when i had come to visit it was just so beautiful and i knew it would be good for running and other outdoor activities yeah
0: yeah, and do you have any other outdoor hobbies like besides running? Are you into I don't know any, you know, everybody in Colorado's into at least three sports. <laughs> yeah. Um for me it's mostly running. Um so before
1: I moved to Colorado, I did a six-week backpacking trip in the Oregon desert. Oh, wow. Uh, it was, it's called the Oregon Desert Trail. It starts in Bend and sort of does a W and ends up um, all the way east in the Waihee Canyon by the uh, Idaho border. Okay. Um, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And mm-hmm. I, I'm i like proud that I did it, but it wasn't fun the whole way. <laughs> um, so that, um, that sort of burnt me out on hiking for a few years, but... This past year, I've um, sort of gotten the itch to go on some backpacking trips again. So I went to the Grand Canyon last mm. Thanksgiving, and um, I went to Zion uh-huh. and did
0: the Zion Traverse. Um, oh,
1: nice! This spring.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, what is it about the outdoors that that speaks to you? Um, and by the way, where did you move here from? Uh, uh, Boston, Boston. Okay. Um, what uh, did the, did you feel like the mountains were calling your name? Like the John Muir quote or what brought you out here? And well, I know that you came out here for other reasons, but, um, you said you were looking forward to Colorado. Was it the trail running or were you still thinking road running at that time?
1: Yeah, I was still thinking road running at the time. Um at least for racing wise, but like the opportunity to go run in the mountains. And Mm. um as soon as I could, I was like looking for roads and that went through the mountains that I could go get up at high altitude. And Mm -hmm. um and even just like driving down I-25 and just looking at the mountains, like it
0: like makes me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can relate. Um, so I was at Leadville this year. I've done Leadville a couple times, not nearly as fast as you, but uh, I've done it a couple times and I was there this year. And, um, just talking to you now, you strike me as someone who's mild mannered grounded. And when I saw you coming through twin lakes, you were fired up, man. Like the stoke level was high. Yeah. So, um, I want to hear about I want to hear about most of the race, like Leadville is my favorite race. And and I love hearing all the details, you know? And, uh, so like, what was, what was your thoughts going into the day? Um, you know, what was your training like beforehand? I want to hear about the whole Leadville experience. All right. Um,
1: so I can, I can sort of start with my training, I guess. Sure. Um, so I, I've, about three years ago, I sort of asked my friend, Andrew Epperson, if he would coach me and he's the assistant coach here at CSU. Mm.
0: Um,
1: So he's my coach and he's never coached a ultra runner or trail runner or anything before. Mm. Um, So it's all been new for him as well. Okay. so a lot of what we've done is pretty similar to what we were doing when we were training for a road marathon. Um, the main difference is like, I'll do a moderate long run on Wednesday, which is usually 13 miles or so. And instead of doing it in town, I'll go out and do it at horse or their Lori state oh, yeah. park. Yep. Um, it'll be, Two and a half hours instead of one and a half hours. And I'll get like three thousand feet of gain. Um, something like that. And then the long run is the the same thing where I'll um whereas when I was doing marathon training it would be two and a half hours, now it's uh three, four, five hours in the mountains. Yeah. And then um We also added in sort of back-to-back long run. So on like a Friday, I would do pretty, uh, sort of like a standard road marathon workout where it's like 15 to 20 miles with 10 miles of tempo work, something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then right.
1: I would follow that up with a big mountain
0: long run on Saturday. Got it. Was that, was that tough for you to adjust to at first? Was that a big step in your running?
1: Uh, I wouldn't think so because it was, I just liked going out and running on the trails. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, going to new places. And, okay. Um, so yeah, it was, I've, I enjoyed it a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So walking up to the start of the race, like what's going on in your mind? Are you, are you thinking that I have a shot at winning this thing? Or what's the thought process as as you're walking up to the starting line?
1: Yeah, so my goal was to run 17 hours, which is Mm. um, Nick Clark, who's he's a friend of mine and he he was one of my pacers and he's sort of been a mentor. Yeah, I saw that uh, leading up to this. I just asked him before I started the training block, what should I shoot for? And he said seventeen hours, and so Dang. that's where I got that from. Wow! Uh, and so, looking back at previous results, I knew that if I did that, I would probably be in the top three. So yep. my goal was to be um, to finish in the top three, and then I there was once the entry list came out earlier in the week. Um, and I saw who else was in the race I sort of got a little intimidated um, because I had known I had sort of heard rumors about different people that might be doing it um, but um, once it was like official I'm like wow there are a lot of fast guys in the race I don't know um, if top three is really realistic
0: yeah yeah (sighs) But you did it, man. You did it. Yeah. Um, and then walk me, walk me through the race kind of too. Like, did you, did you, um, have a certain pace that you were trying to set right from the beginning or were you just trying to keep the, the leaders within eyesight or, um, how did it all start?
1: Yeah. So I had a, f- uh, a feeling that Tyler Andrews, mm-hmm. um, was going to go after the course record and so right at the start, he and Cody, who also, I guess, had announced that he was going after the course record, mm. uh, they took off. And I think someone else may have gone with them. I wasn't sure who it was. Okay. Um, and so my thinking with that was like, all right, I'll let them go and do that. And um, there's like a chance, not nothing against either of them, but just like, it was. It seemed likely to me that one of them probably wouldn't be able to handle that pace. So right, right. At that point, I was like, "Oh, maybe I can get." That's like how I'll get second or, or third is, yeah. um, just focus on beating the other guys. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, we ran those first few miles, which are on on roads, and um. When we hit the. The first trail section around Turquoise Lake. Um, there was a nice, like, a nice big pack, um, and I had drunk a bunch of coffee beforehand, so I kept having to pee. But it was um, since it was like so backed up on a trail, like it was going pretty slowly, so like mm-hmm. easy to stop and pee. Um, yeah,
0: you get stuck behind that bottleneck.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyways, we when we got towards the um, May Queen aid station, it was like finally getting light out. And we actually missed the, we took the wrong turn towards the aid station on the road. And I guess they had maybe switched it this year for some reason. Okay. Um, And so anyways, like I sort of saw everyone was around me and I saw that Tyler was there. And um, I asked someone like, is is this the front of the race? Uh, and someone was like uh, i think cody may be up there but this is everyone else okay um so yeah that was at may queen and then um there was a nice like i said there was a nice big pack and then i didn't really stop at may queen some people did um and so leaving may queen and then going up the climb to Power line. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Uh, Cody was way off, I think. And then um, there was Tyler who was right there. And there was a young kid, I forget his name, but he said he was doing his first ever Ultra. I just graduated wow. from Lehigh. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then Tyler, that's where Tyler sort of took off up the hill. And then um, I thought that I ran that whole climb and it I felt, I was feeling really good then. Um, and then on the downhill, <clears throat> I started having, um, I needed to go to the bathroom. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I pulled off and that, uh that sort of went on for the next 15 miles where i was like trying to get everything out of my stomach that sucks Uh, yeah it was pretty frustrating (laughs) because like i I was like running faster than everyone but i kept having to pull off and Uh. um
0: yeah (laughs) so that was on the way down power line yeah way down power line um
1: and we what is the next aid station was outward bound, and I like wasn't feeling like my stomach was everything else was still feeling great, but it was just my stomach and mm. um wasn't feeling good then um see at pipeline, I used the porta potty, and it still wasn't good after that, it wasn't really. <laughs> um, somewhere between there and twin lakes. I, I think I, I got it all out and started to feel better. Okay, good.
0: I'm curious, um, that, that section of road in between outward bound and pipeline, um, is that something that you enjoy? Like typically an ultra runner looks at that section of the course and kind of dreads it. Like I'd rather be out climbing in the mountains. than there's this big section of road, but you're a road runner. You're a marathon guy. Were you, did you take a look at that and say, I'm going to take advantage of this and, and put the pedal down for a minute? Um,
1: really on the way out, I was at that point, I was just thinking about
0: my stomach. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so but then the stomach cleared up by twin lakes um what was hope pass like for you and had you climbed it before in in previous training runs yeah so i had um the
1: that section from twin lakes to winfield and back was the only part of the course that i had gotten out to preview okay and i had done it twice mm. and i was actually like really looking forward to it mm. um and I think um, that may have been like one of my advantages was that I was just like, it was just, it's so beautiful there. And mm-hmm. you at to the top of Hope Pass and you can look around and you're like right in the middle of the mountains. Um, so yeah, I was just looking forward to it and ready to, my hip flexor was sort of getting tight too. So I'm like, oh, maybe he's doing some hiking. will loosen that up and, mm-hmm. um, just like a nice change of pace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your splits? What time did you get down to Winfield? Do you remember? Um, I want to say it was just under seven fifty. Wow. Unreal. Um, and how much time did you spend in Winfield? I'm guessing it was very minimal.
1: Yeah. So I, um, Went to the bath, the porter body again. Um, <laughs> and then I went to get my drop bag. And they, um, at the uh, expo the day before, they had tied a knot on my drop bag and I couldn't get it open. So <sighs> there was some scrambling there. And eventually mm. they brought over a knife and cut it open. <laughs> and, um, So that's why I was the first one there. And then Tyler was in and out and I was, um, a few minutes back again. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Okay. At what point had you taken the lead? Was it going up pole pass the first time? Um, so going,
1: when I got to twin lakes, the, um, the first time my crew told me I was in fourth place Mm. and, leaving twin lakes i saw um, cody up ahead and i caught him about third of the way up hope pass and chatted a little bit and asked him so are you in are you in second or third and he's like oh i'm in second mm. so then i passed him and i was in second and then i dropped down i guess at the aid station at um the hopeless aid station they told me i was five minutes back mm. and then somewhere i don't remember who but at the bottom of um on that section where it's sort of rolling from the big descent off of hope into winfield somewhere around there someone said i was two minutes back i'm like oh wow nice that's uh moving up and then I heard um Tyler, I think he must have tripped or something. And I like heard him yell out and I caught up to him pretty soon after that. And we ran together for a little bit till we got into the campground area. And then I passed him to the aid station. But then like I said, I had that the trouble with the uh, the bags and everything.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So we're at the 50 mile mark uh, and now we're turning around and doing the whole course again. So, um, going up hope pass for the second time, Were, were you, um, you're trying to pass first place, like how far away is he? What are your thoughts at this point?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I was pretty confident that I'd catch back up with Tyler cause, um, he wasn't moving very well. Um, but it's kind of kind of intimidating because you run by every single person in the race so yeah i'm leaving the aid station and i see um anton and like i had watched unbreakable a number of times is that what it's called yeah yeah yeah.
0: unbreakable and
1: um like there he is like shirtless and tan and (laughs) chasing you down yeah and he looks really good (laughs) Uh, and then right with him is ian Sharman, who was <clears throat> won the race four times and he says good job i'll see you later ah, oh no
0: <laughs> okay and,
1: and i don't know if he was saying he was just if he was like sort of trash talking or yeah probably um, sort of being nice but yeah
0: like like friendly trash talking it yeah. sounds like
1: <laughs> but i I sort of use that to fuel fuel me a little. Nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then we got back on that trail there, and I passed Tyler before I started the uh,
0: as, ascent back up Hope Pass. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um. And then, were you in the lead from that point of the race on? I know when you came through Twin Lakes, you were looking fantastic. Um. Yeah. and uh and and just what was the second half of the race like for you what I mean did you really have to dig deep into the pain cave or
1: um yeah so I was in the lead from then on okay. um I yeah I went up the second hope pass I mean that's that's a tough climb um and it was, I saw a friend who I had actually run Hope Pass with earlier this summer. And I was in first at the time and he gave me a big high five and uh, his name's Michael. He f- finished pretty well too. Nice. Um, and he's like, don't win the race on don't win the race here. And so I sort of like took that uh, and it's good advice. Tried not to, yeah. I took that and tried not to push too hard going back up Hope Pass.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um See, I sort of I gave it a good effort and it I mean it's just so hard, but um, I made it to the top and I looked back and I I kept I was sort of like there's so many switchbacks so you can look back and I didn't see anyone, but then once I got to the top, you could look pretty far down and I saw someone coming up and I don't I don't know who it was, but
0: Um, so did you feel a pressure at that point? Like, you know, people are chasing you down, you're in the lead, you know, what's considered to be early in the race. You know, a lot of people say the race doesn't really start till 60 miles. You're at 55 miles in the lead. Um, was that, was there anything mental going on? Did you feel any pressure? I think the most
1: sort of, Um, right when I took the lead before I started going up hope pass, it was sort of like, Oh no, like, have I gone out too hard? Right. Um, But I was just feeling so good that um, I didn't, I just didn't think that I, (laughs) I just sort of had that confidence. Like I'm feeling good. Like why would anyone be able to catch me?
0: Nice. Especially when
1: I, when I, did get up hope passed and no one caught me then
0: yeah yeah okay so down through twin lakes and then you're headed back um do you continue to feel good did you have any low points throughout the day
1: um i guess the only real low points was my stomach and it did some of that returned um Going or towards the top of Hope Pass, going inbound and definitely going down. Okay. Hope Pass. Okay. Um, but other and then at some point I'm just like I can't, um, I can't keep stopping. So <laughs> whatever, <laughs> if I <laughs> break down my legs, then <laughs> then it will be a funny story when I win. Totally. Um, I actually sat down in the river at the river crossing to sort of clean myself a little before running back through
0: Twin Lakes. I hate to say it, but I've been there, man. I know what that's like. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Did that continue throughout the rest um, of the race?
1: Or did that get better? Yeah, it did. It it was the worst going down Hope Pass, though.
0: Okay. Okay. How many times would you say you stopped to go to the bathroom? Do you have a guess? Um,
1: I would guess from like mile 15 to 30, it was
0: six to 10 times. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. You still won the race, man. So do you feel yeah. like you could have shaved? I mean, it sounds like you could have shaved quite a bit of time off of, of your 16-18. Uh, yeah, maybe.
1: like It could have been... Um, yeah, there's a little bit of
0: time there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious, like what's going through your mind the last 20 miles or so I'm just kind of grabbing a random number, but from what I understand the the lead between first and second place was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you were just moving ahead faster and faster. Um, were you gaining confidence from that? Did you know where second place was? And, uh, what were your thoughts the last Uh 20 miles?
1: Well, I'll go back to my sort of showboating
0: at Twin Lakes. <laughs> like I said, time. man, your stoke level was high. You were your arms yeah. were going. You were trying to get the crowd going, and the crowd was going nuts, man. So it, it was pretty so, impressive. Uh, when I had run
1: the Boston Marathon, I've done it three times, and I've sort of done a similar thing there, running down Boylston Street, and it sort of gives me like when you get the crowd cheering like that, it gives you so much energy. Totally. Uh, so so that's why I was doing that. And I think yeah. it's just fun. And Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was, one of the great things about having Pacers is like gave me something to look forward to. Mm. And so like Twin Lakes, um, that's where Nick Clark had... Um, his son Alistair had been at a cross country race that morning. So they came up mm. and that's where I first saw them. So that was exciting. And then I got to run with uh, Tate, who is my pacer for that next leg. So I'm just like, all right, now I get to run with my friend Tate next year. Like, this is great. Um, so that's sort of what I was feeling at that point. And then um, see that climb out of, out of twin lakes nick had told us it was 800 feet and it's it's more than that
0: <laughs> yeah i think it's over a thousand
1: yeah <laughs> so we got uh we got to 800 feet of gain and we were like what why are we still going up?" <laughs> um but yeah i know i knew at that aid station i heard that i i think it was six minutes i had on second place mm, wow and then I left the aid station and we heard cheers and I said, like, Tate, like how long have you been running? And he said, 12 and a half minutes. Nice. I got, I extended my lead a bit. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, that, um, after you sort of do that climb out of twin lakes, that next part of the course is pretty runnable and flat Mm -hmm. and um, sort of enjoyable. It's like nice. You're just running through the forest, and mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about tripping or. Yep. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's I, true. I sort of enjoyed that part of the course.
0: Good. And like, what sort of times were you putting down? I know you know trail running like like your pace is almost insignificant in trail running but were you running like a a super fast speed that you were looking at your watch going okay is it something you were even paying attention to or were you just going off a feel I guess
1: I was mostly going off a feel but I was looking at my watch and I I'd have to go back and look but especially on those flat sections. I feel like I was running eight minute pacers, right? seven forty-five or something like that.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, how many pacers did you have?
1: Uh, three.
0: Three. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So one so from eight, like one Tate from 20 lakes from to outward bound. To pipeline. Oh, pipeline. pipeline. Okay. And then uh, pipeline to Make queen. Yeah. And then did Nick Clark take you from May Queen to the finish? Yeah. Nice. That had to have been special. How'd you meet that guy? Yeah. I mean, I know you're both in Fort Collins.
1: Yeah. So when I first moved to town, he was organizing a Thursday morning run along Horsetooth Reservoir. Um, We'd meet there at 5.30 every Thursday morning and we'd run out five miles and then some people would tempo back and um so that's how i met nick and i'm on the board of the fort collins running club and he's not on the board but he um the club owns the horse tooth half and he's the race director for that oh yeah he comes to a lot of our meetings to um because that's such a big part of our club and he's involved in other committees so Got it. That's sort of how that, that relationship built. Okay. Yeah. He was great. Uh, He was tweeting the whole time we were running, even like on the trail, he was (laughs) taking pictures and videos and putting them on Twitter.
0: Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Um, What do you feel like your Pacers did for you at that point? Like, were they able to keep your spirits high or is that something you needed help with or Um, what's the whole Pacer experience like for you? I mean, I'm guessing that was maybe even the first time you had Pacers.
1: Yeah, I never run a race with Pacers before. Um, They're sort of just there to keep me company. My spirits never really got too low. Okay. Um, And they're good for obviously carrying at Leadville, you're allowed to have them, I think you call it mewling. So they... That was another thing i was looking forward to was getting rid of my vest
0: yeah right uh,
1: so they did that and um that section from twin lakes to pipeline there were a lot of little aid stations with sort of just water and tate was good at running up ahead and filling up my water and then running to catch up with me mm, um, cool. so that was good and then just having them for company yeah um Jeff, who is my second pacer, he's a real uh, extrovert. And so I picked him up and he was chatting with me and asking me questions. I'm like, hey, Jeff, um, I don't think I want to talk as much as you want me to talk right now. (laughs) (laughs) And and he was fine with that. And then he was really good at um, encouraging me up um
0: the power line climb okay cool and i'm curious are 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 you hiking the power line climb for the second time are you running it um what was that like i mean at this point you've got a pretty substantial gap on second place yeah um
1: i was mostly hiking a little bit of running sure okay just depending on the, the grade
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. At what, point, was really hard. yeah. <laughs> at, at what point in the race did you feel like you kind of had first place locked up?
1: Um, I think once I picked up Nick at May Queen, then I was, I was like a hundred percent sure that I was going to win. Nice. Um, and then I could I think I heard that I had 37 minutes on second place then and wow that's three minute mile yeah um so that's somewhat after I'm super fast to <laughs> to catch me at that point
0: no doubt and yeah. Uh,
1: yeah and I was still feeling good and wow um yeah
0: yeah unreal so knowing all that knowing how far ahead you were in first place did you still drop the hammer for those last 13 miles when with nick um
1: nick kept like telling me like if you he like knows all the splits like the fastest splits from may queen to the finish and okay he was like oh if you run 16 15 you got a top five time and um all these things and i didn't really care too much about about that at the um at that point but then like i also was like i've been running a lot i all day i, I kind of want to just be done So, <laughs> some motivation to to run faster yeah and there are times when he sort of run a little bit ahead of me i think he was trying to get me to speed up
0: okay okay um How much, how much did you know about Leadville before you started this race? It sounds like you're somewhat new to ultra you've done a couple ultras leading up to this, but did you realize, um, the significance of the Leadville 100, how long the race has been around? Did you know who a lot of the other runners were or were you coming into this sort of blind or, um, what was it like for you? Yeah, I don't, um,
1: I don't remember when I had first heard about Leadville 100, but I'm a pretty big student of the sport in general. So I had heard of it. And once I got my little token at uh, Austin Rattler and it was official that I was going to do it, I bought um, that book that, um, I forget who wrote it. i've I forget the name of it and who wrote it, but um it sort of went through every single year of the race and how it started and mm. um so i I tried to learn as much about the race as I could,
0: okay, yeah, so you'd done your homework for sure,
1: yeah, definitely, and then okay. um yeah i I knew a lot of the competitors too, um, okay. So yeah, I definitely did, did my homework.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: The only thing I hadn't done that I would have liked to have done was run more of the course. Like I said, I only ran the, um, the twin lakes to Winfield and back section.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that was leading up to my next question. Like what was it like to, to finish this thing in first place? How much did it mean to you or, um, you know, some people are just humble to a point where it's like, "Eh, it's just another day. No big deal. Like, um, what was it like to cross the finish line faster than anybody that day at a blazing 16 hours, 18 minutes?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's, it's still sort of unreal and I don't know if I've really grasped what I accomplished yet, (laughs) but, um, I had never like celebrated, or maybe once in college when we, we won the conference four by eight. Um, and that was cool because it was a team thing. And this is sort of Leadville is sort of a team thing too. Like, yeah, I gave Nick a big hug and then I found Jeff and Tate and gave them a big hug and, um, like threw my arms out crossing the finish line. They gave me the champagne bottle. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I was like, I was really excited. it's funny i look at the videos and i it looks like i i felt like i was running fast across the line but you you watch the videos and it's like i was running nine minute pace like it looks like i'm shuffling across
0: right right but
1: uh yeah i definitely had that like rush of adrenaline once i finished and um it was a it was a great moment
0: good good as it should be man um What's next for you? Are you planning on Leadville next year? Are you looking at other races or, um, you know, are you still thinking about improving your marathon time? Where's your head at? Um,
1: I hadn't thought about improving my marathon.
0: Time. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're already fast. I'm not saying you need to. <laughs>
1: um, no, definitely right now trail races are what gets me excited so cool I think that's I don't know exactly which ones yet but um I think that's what I'll be doing okay I don't know if if I'll um I don't know I really like the Leadville course like I'm I'm tempted to want to just go back and try and defend my title
0: yeah yeah But,
1: but then um I know Western states is sort of the Super Bowl here. Totally. So um, that's definitely on the
0: radar too. So. Mm, cool, cool. But yeah, you you must like the hundred mile distance. You must have enjoyed it if if those are the races you're looking at in the future.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, it's just such a. Yeah, it's just an adventure, and I think there's something about my body that, um, can handle it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. You have what everyone, what all the runners there wish they had, I guess, you know? (laughs) Um, so yeah, be, be thankful. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. Um, and if you run it next year and don't have to go to the bathroom as much, I mean, you know are you studying matt carpenter's route or not his route but like his splits his his course record anything like that
1: Uh, i don't know like that's a um that's a tall task i think yeah
0: it's been standing for a long time yeah Yeah. but you weren't that far off man
1: yeah what it, it would be what uh 20 seconds a mile or something
0: is that what it comes out to
1: yeah okay okay i don't know if i don't know if that's exactly it but
0: okay wow well fantastic performance man i mean i love when someone just kind of you know comes out from nowhere and just wins a huge race and and it's like well who is this guy we haven't seen him at too many races so it's, it's exciting to see, uh, you know, the sport evolve and to see new people step in and, um, you're 32 years old, right? Yep. Okay. So that's, um, I mean, it feels like you're in your prime for ultra running, man. This is like the perfect years. So, um,
1: I know. well, I looked at the top 10 and I was the second youngest, Ah. Uh. In the top ten. So okay. Yeah, I do feel like I I have a a good number of years ahead of me to keep doing this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, what is what's your near future look like as far as you know, the race was just a handful of days ago. I'm sure you're doing some sort of recovery now, but when do you jump back into training? Um, what does that look like? So I think um
1: I'll take one week completely off and then I'll start just easy running. And I'm coaching a a high school cross country team Mm. this fall, like assistant coach. Cool. And so I'm going to start, start running with them and um, sort of just focus on that for September and October. And then, then maybe I'll have found my next, next race and pick up hard training again in november
0: yeah yeah um what's your winter training like do you ski or anything like that uh no i'm just running all year all the time yeah yeah pretty much same here too well that's so cool man um yeah just so impressive and like i said I I just I don't think I'll forget anytime soon you coming through Twin Lakes, just getting the crowd all riled up. And it was just uh it was fun to watch. So just an incredible performance. And uh I'm gonna be keeping an eye on you just to see what's in your future, man. So um good luck to you. Thanks for doing this and uh yeah, congrats. Congrats, man, and and good luck in the future.
1: All right, thank you, and thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Take care, Adrian. You too. All right. All right, there he is, Adrian McDonald. He ran an absolutely fantastic race. Congrats, buddy. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you're still hanging in here, um, I was recently a guest on the Like a Bigfoot podcast. It's my buddy Chris Ward's podcast. Uh, Fantastic uh, podcast. It's something you guys should be listening to. He interviews all kinds of great guests. And uh, it was an honor to be on. And I talk about this podcast, Do Big Things. I talk about our business, Big Things Crewing. And it was a great conversation. So check that out. And also, thank yeah, thank you guys so much. I've been getting some nice messages lately. Uh, people reaching out, saying that they listen to the podcast, that I'm helping them, I'm helping change their lives. Some of them aren't even runners, you know, and they straight up just say I'm not a runner, but I just listen to everything. It's so relatable. You guys, that just like warms my heart and, uh, you know, that just pushes me forward. Maybe I'll just keep this thing going. Uh thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, this podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. Look us up. Big-things-crewing.com for all your ultramarathon needs. We're pretty tied up for crewing and pacing throughout the rest of the year, but we do offer coaching, and um, I've got a couple slots open, and we can fit you in. So look us up. Um, If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast so that you're notified when a new episode drops. If you like what you hear, please write us a review or share it on social media. As always, our our website is big-things-crewing.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Exoskin, the best running apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. No blisters, no chafing, no odor. Check them out. Use the discount code, capital BTC, 15% off. And thank me later. We want to thank Athletic Brewing for making this possible. 20% discount code there McRoberts A McRobertsA20, all caps. And we're hooking you guys up with a discount on the finest NA beer around. And we also want to thank Will and the good people at On Pace Wellness. If you want to dial in your nutrition and do big things this year, look them up. OnPaceWellness.com. Mention this podcast for a 10% discount. Once again, find us on Patreon. Be a part of the tribe. Patreon.com slash Do Big Things for exclusive content. And let me know what you guys want me to do with it. Uh, You want me to get out on there and do a live thing every once in a while? I'm happy to do that. I don't know. Tell me what to do with this thing. All right. Thank you guys so much to everyone who's still listening. I appreciate you. I hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks for hanging in. And I will talk to you guys soon. Life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for another run.